Our sermon today will be brought to us by Mr. Barnabas Grayson. It is entitled, Take Heed. Good afternoon, everyone. It is a very sunny afternoon. It was a moving speech that uh, Vladimir Zelensky made the other day to Congress. And the part that I remember most was when he said that the leader of the world is the leader of peace. And I thought about the coming time when Jesus Christ comes that we will have a true leader of peace in our midst, a leader of the world. Now, even though he was making reference to our American democracy and, you know, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, those things are pretty elusive in this, this day and age. But we know that there is a time coming when the Prince of Peace, that is Jesus Christ, will become king of kings. So it's a sad situation that's going on over there in Ukraine. You've probably seen much of it on television, just like it brings back memories to me of the time they used to uh, uh, show every day the lives being lost in Vietnam and all the destruction and things that are, were, were going on over there. So these things that we enjoy today and sometimes they even have a little bit of a guilty conscience knowing as I'm eating food or <clears throat> as I'm laying down for sleep that I think of all those who are refugees and who are mil the millions of people who are going into other countries in order to escape the destruction that, that's uh, being left behind. So who knows where it's going to end? I think we in a way know where it's going to end in the long run. But we know that there were warning signs that uh, were given long before the, the, that invasion took place. But it happened so fast. You, you kind of think, well, you've got enough time to sort of put things in place. And, and you don't worry about it too much. But then it comes all, uh, all of a sudden. Now, the scripture tells us, and there's a lot of places where it says to take heed. To take heed... Uh, as the handout that you have there, to take heed to the living word of God because it teaches, it admonishes, and it keeps us future-oriented with hope and, and love and faith to understand these last days that, you know, have always been upon us that's leading into the kingdom of heaven. So we know that Jesus said that you're going to hear of wars and rumors of wars and that we should take heed it's not on your uh, handout there but uh, I want to go to Matthew chapter 24 because sometimes we we hear these expounded so much talked about so much that you know it's kind of old hat to us and what else do we have to hear because sometimes we just want to hear about the good news Jesus said to his disciples he said, see you not all these things. Verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon another that shall not be thrown down. So when you think about the, the visuals that you see coming from Ukraine, you see all of these 
buildings uh, have become, you know, uh, rubble, stones upon stones. So as he sat upon the Mount of Olives in uh, chapter 24 of Matthew, and as he sat there, they wanted to know, well, tell us when shall these things be? And what shall be the sign of your coming? So Jesus answered, he said, first, take heed that no man deceive you. That could be religiously, that could be politically, that could be in any uh, presentation that man may make. But to be careful, to take heed where you're getting the information. Because many shall come in my name saying, I am Christ and shall deceive many. So they, they may talk about Jesus Christ. They may uh, talk about the things that he has in his living word. But yet they deceive, shall deceive. You shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. So we look over there at the Ukraine and we see all of these things happening there. And so when you see these things, it says, be ye not troubled. So it's kind of hard to do in a way, especially when if you're talking to those people who are having to flee their country. Don't be troubled. But the, you know that the surrounding nations, the, uh, the countries that are surrounding Ukraine are probably a little troubled. And over here in the United States, we too, in uh, various ways, are troubled by what's going on over there. Because nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. And on top of that, there shall be famines and earthquakes, pestilences. In different, uh, all of these in different places. But he says all of these are the beginning of sorrows. So when you read about in verse 12 there. Because iniquity shall abound. The love of many shall wax cold. Why is that? It's because as, uh, as I heard earlier in the Bible study. It's because they're not close to God. They're not close to his word. So. Uh, those things are going to take place. They've forgotten God. Or they don't apply the living word. Into their life. So today I want to look at. The living word. To take heed to the living word. Because we know that there are a lot of things. Going on. That can. Take away our spirituality. Take away our focus. On the future. And so. We forget the teachings. We forget the admonishments that are found in the living word. In Hebrews chapter 3, verse 11, it says, So I swear in my wrath, in my anger, they shall not enter into my rest. And this is referring to that time when uh, the, uh, as the children were in the wilderness, that they became disobedient, and it uh, angered God. And he warns them, or warns us today, to take heed, brethren, lest there be in any of you an evil heart of unbelief in departing from the living God. So this evil heart comes whenever you forget God, whenever you leave out the word of God in your life and fail to follow it, and you eventually depart from the living God. So instead, exhort one another, one another daily, while it is called today, lest any of you be 
hardened through the deceitfulness of sin. Oh, the sins in this world, you, you see people doing wrong, but, and it's just one of those things that looks normal, and it begins to harden you also. Well, so-and-so does it. Or I've seen this uh, taking place all over the place. So it hardens through the deceitfulness of sin. And so it's telling us that we are to guard against a sinful and unbelieving heart. Because with all of these things that are going on in the world, with all the evil and, and the, uh, just the corruption and, and the dangers that we face today, it leads many to think, well, where is God? And so they begin to forget God. They forget that the living word is real. And so they go against God and disobey him. So these had an unbelieving heart. Just like those uh, uh, who were tempted and who rebelled against God in uh, the wilderness. Now these are examples for us today. And so we are to exhort. That is in the parenthesis it would be inspire and, and to pep up one another. As long as it is called today. As long as it is called today. That is as long as we have the opportunity or the moment to take advantage of our time that we have left. So being in Sabbath services is one of the ways we do this. In Psalm 95 verse 7 it says, For he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Today if you will hear his voice. So we have to listen through the word of God, to what God is saying to us, as far as the living word is concerned, so that we may be admonished, if we have to be admonished, or if we have to be corrected, or given hope in order to, con to continue in, in uh, the word of God, in keeping the word of God. Now, we know that the word of God has been passed on to us by many prophets and apostles, the messengers we've never seen. But we see their word. It's been passed on to us. And we believe that their message is the truth of, that, of God. So in their writings we find the purpose of life and how to live it. And we find these admonitions, admonitions that are, which are warnings. So the Bible does have a lot of warnings and, uh, to keep us aware of. But how much of the world know? Uh, how much of the world considers the living word how much do they know about the purpose of life and about the holy days and other things that you and I keep at certain times of the year or know about prophecy and what the future holds so before Christ came teaching it was Moses who taught from the law you know the Torah that was what they looked to as uh, the guy and he taught the commandments he taught the holy days and these have been passed on to us uh, through, through the living word. But sometimes and in a lot of ways the Old Testament is not looked at as vital to today. And the meaning behind the holy days that we all share the meaning uh, of. But when Isaiah, he saw the, the uh, people of his day that was concerning Judah and Jerusalem. He said to them, give ear. For the Lord has spoken. 
I have nourished and brought up children. And they have rebelled against me. So he saw people who had forgotten and gone against his teachings and his ways. And he used the illustration of the ox knows its master and the ass its crib. But Isaiah said, my people, uh, God said, my people do not know. They do not consider because they have forgotten God. So that's one of the things that we have to be uh, aware that we don't do is to forget God. And there are a lot of ways you can forget God. A lot of ways, uh, things that cross our path in society, we forget momentarily uh, God's word. So Isaiah called them. He said, a sinful nation, a people laden with iniquity, with lawlessness. So you have to think of those things as we look around society. And then, not that we judge the society or that we want to join them, but to look at ourselves and make sure that we are not fitting into this uh, uh, view of what uh, Isaiah saw. He saw them as a seed of evildoers. Children that are corruptors. They have forsaken the Lord. They have provoked the Holy One of Israel unto anger. We can be glad that God is patient with us. That he is merciful. That he's not willing that any should perish. But that all should come to repentance. But Isaiah saw these people as gone away backward. And you know that means they are backslidden. So it was a backsliding nation that Isaiah saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. But it also prophesies, speaks of our world today and many in our society today. In Judges chapter 2, verse 12, it says that when a generation loses sight of the way uh, uh, of God, it does not bode well. And verse 8 and Joshua, the son of Nun, servant of the Lord, died, being 110 years old. They buried him in the border of his inheritance in uh, Timnatheres. I forgot how to pronounce that. I thought it was all a run to get her word, but there you have it. In the Mount of Ephraim, on the north side of the hill Gash. Some of the strange uh, sounding uh, names. But verse 10. And also all that generation were gathered unto their fathers. And there arose another generation after them. Which knew not the Lord. Nor yet the works which he had done for Israel. They were beginning to forget as time passed. They became hardened to sin. And forgot the living word. And the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And they served Balaam. And they forsook the Lord God of their fathers. Which brought them out of the land of Egypt. And followed other gods of the gods of the people that were round about them. And bowed themselves unto them and provoked the Lord to anger. And they forsook the Lord. And serve Baal and Ashtaroth. So mention here is made of when he brought the children of Israel out of Egypt. And you know it's, we're just a few weeks from uh, 
the spring holy days, from the days of unleavened bread and from Passover. And then going to Jeremiah 4.22 about the society around us, it says that they are a sottish generation. And I thought, what's sottish? <laughs> so I looked up sottish and it said that they were a boozy or a drunken uh, people, a drunken nation or generation. They must have drank a lot, a lot of wine and whatever it was that but spiritually speaking, that's, uh, that's what happens. Not only physically does a person become boozy, but spiritually without the living word in them, they become drunken also. In John 16, the verses uh, 1 through 4, verse 1, These things have I spoken unto you, that you should not be offended, because they shall put you out of the synagogues. The time comes that whosoever kills you will think that he does God a service. So he's warning the disciples. He's admonishing the disciples to take heed to, the, to his living word about these things that are going to happen. And these things, verse 3, these things will they do unto you because they have not known the Father nor me. Because, you know, they've forgotten. And in our society today, with so many distractions in our world, it's easy to do. It's easy to forget. It's easy to, to uh, commit some sort of thing we, uh, like in, in the uh, Bible study earlier, to know to, to do good and do it not. It is sin. Verse 4, These things have I told you that when the time shall come, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I said not unto you at the beginning because I was with you. But he was, going, uh, he was going to depart. But he wanted to leave them with this living word for them to remember as time went along and circumstances and situations change. So we come to the revelation of Jesus Christ in the book of Revelation chapter 1 verse 1. It says the revelation of Jesus Christ which God gave unto him to show unto his servants things which must shortly come to pass. Now we are all servants because we are servants of righteousness not the servants of sin. And he sent and signified it by his angel unto his servant John who took down the special message that was, that was given to him. The book uh, Revelation is from the Greek word apocalypsis. And it means an unveiling or a disclosure. So when you read the book of uh, Revelation, you see an unveiling. You also see a disclosure. But you know, there's a lot of things in Revelation that I don't understand. There's many symbols in there that have yet to be made known. But we have that promise that... Uh, he would show his servants things which must shortly come to pass. So this book was written around 95 A.D. And it's the last book of the Bible. Of course, the last book of the, Old, uh, the New Testament. But it describes those end time events that are, that are to come from uh, previous uh, prophecies that have yet to be uh, revealed and fulfilled. But they must shortly come to pass just means that uh, the events that are prophesied to take place will be sudden shortly come to pass means it's, uh, whatever events are going to 
occur during the last time. They're just going to come suddenly. It's going to come to pass suddenly. And anyone who keeps up the King James Version there in the U Ukraine may recall this. And it has happened in that way. It shortly came to pass. It came suddenly on them. So from the beginning in Genesis through the Old and New Testaments, they all lead to heaven, the kingdom of heaven. And uh, that's coming, a new heaven and a new earth. So we also remember Jesus told us that uh, it is through much tribulation that you shall enter into the kingdom of God. You might remember Amos uh, verse chapter 3 verse 7 where he said that surely the Lord God will do nothing unless he shows his uh, reveals his secret unto his servants the prophets so Jesus came to teach the word open the books of the prophets as he did with Jeremiah and Isaiah in Matthew chapter 2 uh, we read about Herod surrounding the birth of Christ. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and he sent forth, and he slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, and in all the co coasts thereof, from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. He didn't want another king taking his place. He wanted the rule all to himself. And then was fulfilled this prophecy that was spoken by Jeremiah, the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children and would not be comforted because they are not. They're no longer around. Now in Matthew chapter 13, verse 13, Jesus spoke in parables. To the people, because they seeing not, and hearing they hear not, neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, which says, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. That is, they, they don't see. For this people's heart is gross, wax gross. And their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. So we see they've closed their eyes. They don't want to see. They don't want to believe what they see before them that's happening. And they won't see or hear and understand and won't turn to God again and let God heal them. So they won't let the word of God, the living word of God, they won't let it convert them. They ignore the living word's admonitions and its warnings. And they don't see where their lives may be leading. And so many have forgotten uh, Christ. So it's important to heed. Zechariah chapter uh, 7 in, in your handout there, uh, it only goes to... Uh, verse 14 and uh, from verse we'll read verse 7 to 14 
should ye not hear the words which the Lord has cried by the former prophets? You know, we look back to the book of the prophets and we see what they have said about then and what they say about the future and how a lot of things are going to come to pass. When Jerusalem was inhabited and in prosperity and the cities thereof round about her was uh, when men inhabited the south and the plain. And the word of the Lord came unto Zechariah saying, Thus speaks the Lord of hosts, Execute true judgment and show mercy and compassions every man to his brother. And oppress not the widow, nor the fatherless, the stranger, nor the poor. And let none of you imagine evil against his brother in your hearts. But they refused to hearken. They didn't want to listen. They didn't want to see. They pulled away the shoulder and stopped their ears that they should not hear. Yea, they made their hearts as an adamant stone, lest they should hear the law and the words which the Lord of hosts has sent in his spirit by the former prophets. Therefore came a great wrath from the Lamb, from the Lord of hosts. Therefore, uh, verse 13, Therefore it has come to pass that as he cried and they would not hear, so they cried and I would not hear, said the Lord of hosts. Instead, or, but instead I scattered them with a whirlwind among all the nations whom they knew not. Thus the land was desolate after them, that no man passed through nor returned uh, for the land. And the land was left uh, desolate. In all these parables, you know, Jesus said, he said, but blessed are your eyes, for they see. And your ears, because they hear. They see and they listen. And prove the living word of God is truth. Verily I say unto you, he said, that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which you see and have not seen them. And to hear those things which you hear and have not heard them. So think about all these things that we have so far come to see and understand. The, you know, the older you are, the more you've seen, the more you've heard all of those things. And the things that we are blessed with that our eyes have seen, that we hear, and that we understand. It's like the meanings behind the holy days and like the origin of the Passover and what the days of keeping the days of unleavened bread mean to us. And we think about the Sabbath day that Jesus kept, that so did the disciples. And there are examples of how it was instituted and not to be defiled in Isaiah chapter 58 verse 13 through 14, uh, 14 Jesus wrote of God's word Isaiah wrote of God's word concerning the Sabbath he said if uh, verse 13 if you turn away your foot from the Sabbath from doing your pleasures on my holy day and call the Sabbath a delight the holy of the Lord honorable and shall honor him not doing your own ways, nor finding your own pleasures, nor speaking your own words. 
Then shall you delight yourself in the Lord. And I will cause you to ride upon the high places of the earth and feed you with the heritage of Jacob, your father. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. So the living word continues. It continues with promises and the hopes that uh, are waiting in the future. So one day was set aside for the, for the worship of God to do good, to do beneficial uh, things and and remember that it is a Sabbath unto the Lord. So we can help out, help out as needed, you know, to, uh, to get, uh, get out the ox that has fallen into a ditch. To tend to some sort of uh, emergency or uh, help someone out in a pinch. It is lawful to do good on the Sabbath, it says. But to not labor and work at one's own livelihood. But to forego the routines and the... And the labors of life. So that we may uh, delight ourselves in the Lord. Knowing that we are doing his word. The word says six days shall you labor. And do all your work. But the seventh day there shall be to you a holy day. A Sabbath of rest to the Lord. Whatsoever, whosoever does work therein shall be put to death. That was at a time in the Old Testament when... Uh, they knew the, uh, what they were supposed to do. So there was a dire penalty. And those were the days when, days when God was directly involved. In, in, uh, and judgment was almost immediate at least. But what about today? You know people have forgotten the Sabbath. They have forgotten the will of God on that, for that day. But thankfully God is merciful. He's patient. He has revealed his will and we have a choice as to whether to obey it or not. But there will come a time of judgment. So Jesus did not come to do away with the law and leave and then go back to heaven. So we still preach, we still teach, we still believe in uh, Sabbath. The day that God has set aside for worship of him and for fellowship and for just uh, exalting in the, in the Lord God through praise and other things. So, <clears throat> some think we are just keeping the Sabbath needlessly. That it's done away with. But we know better. In Matthew 24, verse 18. Jesus came and he spoke to, unto his disciples. And he said to them that all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore... And teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. Amen. So be it. So the things that Christ taught his disciples, the New Testament, were the same things as those that were uh, given in the Old Testament. So he sent out disciples to carry on that message. Not only by direct contact and preaching. But also by our examples. You know when people pass the streets here. They see these cars parked uh, in, by this church building. And they, they see the sign that's out there near the road. About... Uh, Sabbath keepers in this building. 
So verse uh, Revelation 14.12. I just want to quote that. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God. And the faith of Jesus. So we know these things that are in the living word. Are not done away. Colossians chapter 2. Verse 6. As you have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk you in him. Rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. So we are to walk with Jesus. And verse 8. To beware, lest any man spoil you through philosophy and vain deceit, after the the tradition of men after the rudiments of the world and not after Christ for in him dwells the fullness of the Godhead bodily and you are complete in him which is the head of all principality and power in whom also you are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ buried with him in baptism that's, that's how we are rooted in Christ. That's, uh, that's how we have received Christ. Buried with him in baptism. Wherein also you are risen with him. Through the faith of the operation of God. Who has raised him from the dead. With that hope in us too. That as Christ was risen from the dead. He is going to raise us. And he is going to raise our loved ones. And those who uh, when Christ comes. Uh, will resurrect those who are his. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, has he quickened together with him, having forgiven you of all your trespasses. So we can stand with the assurance of the living word of God that we are forgiven our trespasses. Colossians 3 uh, uh, talks about spiritual values. You know, as, as the days of unleavened bread get closer and closer to us there are spiritual values that we should be aware of and 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 look at uh, verse 1 if you then be risen with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ sits at the right hand of God now we know that there are all sorts of doctrines beliefs and isms that even our own human reasoning that comes along apart from Christ that sometimes we make a mistake and lean to our own understanding. But in verse 2, set your affection on things above, it says, not on things on the earth. Don't, you know, don't spend your time worrying about things down here. For you are dead and your life is hid with Christ in God. When Christ, who is our life, shall appear, then shall you also appear with him in glory. So mortify, mortify therefore, your members which are upon the earth, fornication, uncleanness, inordinate affection, evil concupiscence, and covetousness, which is idolatry. So we're to deaden those evil desires that are lurking inside for which things sake the wrath of God comes on the children of disobedience. 
in the which you also walked sometime when you lived in them. So we used to do them when our life was still, uh, you know, a part of this world and not a part of Christ or the living word. But now you also put off all these, put off anger, put off wrath, malice, and, and blasphemy, and filthy communications out of your mouth. Lie not one to another, seeing that you have put off the old man with its deeds, or with his deeds. So, in about four weeks, we shall recommit or uh, renew our commitment to doing the will of God in remembering the Passover and, and what it mean, meant for us and for the sacrifice of Christ for our sakes. And then keeping the days of unleavened bread and uh, living in the righteousness of Jesus Christ and overcoming those sins that so easily beset us, looking to Jesus as our Savior. So, verse 10, And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image that created him, of him that created him. So, we're living a brand new kind of life, learning more and more of what is right. Now, we don't all know everything. You know, it, it takes a while to, to learn things. But trying to become more and more like Christ, who created this new life in us, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, nor circumcision, nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond, nor free. And I might add, no, uh, there is no uh, Creek or Cherokee. But Christ is all and in all. So one's nationality or, or race or education or social position is unimportant. Such things really mean nothing in the long run. Whether a person has Christ is what matters. So we should not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers, as mentioned earlier in the Bible study. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. We've touched a little bit upon that in the Bible study today. But each one of these spiritual values are things that we are to seek after. Because we can, you know, just easily let them slip when we see kindness. We want to be kind, but sometimes we forget to be kind. So we should uh, practice tender-hearted mercy and kindness to others because We've been chosen by God and with a new kind of life to follow all these things. Verse 13, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do you. Be gentle, ready to forgive. Don't hold grudges. Remember the Lord forgave you, forgave us, so you must forgive others. And above all these things, put on charity which is the bond of perfectness. Let love guide your life. Love is the glue, as mentioned, I've mentioned uh, other, at other times. It's the glue that holds things together. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also you are called in one body, and be ye thankful. 
Be thankful for all these spiritual values, for the living word of God that leads us and guides us in the way that we should go. Let the word of God dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in uh, psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And whatsoever you do in word or deed, do all in honor or in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by him. So our inner life, the spiritual values that we learn, that we practice, our inner life is to be an outgoing one, an outgoing life. Faith, you know, uh, as we've uh, studied in the book of James, that faith without works is dead. And it's like saying faith without evidence is dead. So it has to have evidence. And faith is our inner quality that, is, that shows itself outwardly. Hebrews chapter 4, uh, verse 11. Let us labor, therefore, to enter into that rest. Lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. You know, when Israel was uh, going through the wilderness, they had a promised land to get to. We have a promised land to get to. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So all of our doings, all of our thinking, our attitudes is, is uh, God, God is aware of. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight. But all things are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do. So there's not anything that, is, uh, that goes unseen in his sight. Colossians chapter 3. As the elect of God, verse 12. As the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on therefore bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. So it's time to examine self in order to keep the feast that is coming up. You'll, we'll hear more and more about those days that are coming from uh, future sermons. So we're to examine ourselves to see whether we be in the faith or not. After a long period, I guess, of uh, from the Feast of Tabernacles to the Spring Holy Days, you know, it, it's it's like being uh, absent. You know, the regular get-together except for the Sabbath. But that it's just time to trim our lamps, as mentioned in a sermon that uh, Matt gave, I think it was last week or a week before, about, the, you know, the ten virgins. Time to trim the lamps. It's time to trim the, our lamps to make our lives grow brighter by lighting up the living word of God and making it a part that burns inside of us. And... We do that by remembering the loving sacrifice of Christ 
who gave his life for you and gave his life for me so that we may enter into that kingdom and into that promised land that he has promised. So holy day keeping does matter. That includes the Sabbath. And Psalm 33, there's only one that we look to. Of course, the living word, living God. In Psalm 33, verse 18, let's see, verse 16. Uh, there is no king saved by the multitude of a host. A mighty man is not delivered by much strength. So a mighty army and a mighty man uh, can only uh, go so far. If you trust in it, it was, is bound to uh, let you down. Verse 17, a horse is a vain thing for safety. Neither shall he deliver any by his great strength. When I think about the uh, armor uh, that you see, uh, some of them, you know, blown to bits there uh, in Ukraine, it's, <laughs> even though they have great strength, they are in pieces. You know, the tanks are, are smoldering because of some rocket or thing that uh, took them down. Verse 18, Behold, the eye of the Lord is upon them that fear him, upon them that hope in his mercy. And that's what we have to look forward to. We, we hope in his mercy that as things like this come along, that we look to the word of God and pray for one another to deliver their soul from death, to keep them alive in famine. Our soul waits for the Lord. He is our help and our shield. For our heart shall rejoice in him because we have trusted in his holy name. Let thy mercy, O Lord, be upon us according as we hope in you. Hebrews chapter 2. We'll be closing with the, these scriptures. And you know, the eternal is merciful. He's kind. He's loving. And no matter how uh, scarlet our sins may be, they shall be made as white as snow. Verse 1, Therefore, we ought to give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. It takes a day-by-day -day renewal of study and of, of applying uh, uh, Scripture Sometimes some of, some of you I know have, you know, a little placard or a little card that gives you a scripture for the day. You probably get it on maybe if you're hooked up to the internet, they might give you a scripture. Something to live by uh, for that day to concentrate on. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast and every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward, how shall we escape? If we neglect so great a salvation. Which at the first. Began to be spoken. By the Lord. And was confirmed unto us. By that. Those who heard him. So. Let us heed the living word. Of God. Let us heed its admonishments. Its, its, its uh, warnings. Let us stay on track. Let us continue to hope. In the Lord our God. And he will see us through. As we come to understand. More and more of just what God has in store. At some future point.